I remember talking to my stepmom of what it meant or what it felt like to be a cancer survivor. So at this point, I had had a tumor, cancerous tumor, that was removed, and I was waiting for another biopsy. So at this point, I could say, yes, I had cancer, and it's gone. I no longer have cancer. But I didn't feel like I could group myself into people who say they fought a battle and they've been through this journey with cancer because all I had was a surgery and as far as surgeries go I mean it wasn't a huge huge surgery I mean it was considered a big surgery but in my mind compared to my past ones I didn't consider this huge surgery and so I was thinking in my head if people were to ask not that I've told people at this point I didn't want to be like, yeah, I, I survived cancer too, because I didn't really feel like I went through this journey. And to me, to survive cancer, you had to go through this journey, right? Like I remember doing Run for the Cure for uh, family friends that had cancer, and they they went through this battle. And everyone I'd known up to this point with cancer had gone through chemo or radiation, and it had, it had been a battle. And I didn't really feel like I had had a battle. Um, so at this point, I'm telling myself too that the cancer's gone. I don't have cancer. The surgery went well. They're confident they got it all. And so I, I felt like I could tell myself I'm cancer free. And so that's kind of also what I kept telling myself. I don't have cancer. I don't have cancer anymore. I did. It was a nasty tumor, but it's gone. But there are times too that I definitely took advantage and definitely pulled out what we call the C card. So there was a time where my husband and I were in Costco and there was something really heavy or something on the ground or like uh, maybe it was the laundry soap and I was like, I didn't want to lift that. Not that I, I was recovering from surgery and so I tried to pull out, you know, the, I can't lift anything. I just recovered from surgery and he's like you were jumping on the trampoline literally before we got here. Nice try. And so we're at Costco and we're in this aisle and we want, it was just so to lift it in the cart. And I was like, come on, I've got cancer. The least you could do is lift this. And he turns to me and he looks at me and he goes, my dad just died. And I looked at him and I was like, yeah, well, I've got cancer and my father-in-law just died. And he would look, so he looked at me, he's like, yeah, my wife's got cancer. My dad just died and he died in a horrific car accident. And we're kind of going back and forth, making this joke of it because at some point you have to joke about it. You have to be okay with it. And we look up and there's a couple of people at the end of the aisle who gave us like the most shocked looks. I don't know if they're dirty looks, but shocked looks and then kind of turned around and walked away. And then we looked at each other. We're like, are we bad people? Are, should we be joking about this? But that's how we had to get through it. Like we, we have to make jokes about it. So there's times too, even with my uh, stepmom and my mom and my family, like I'll pull out the whole cancer card. I'll be like, oh, I can't do it. I've got cancer. Or you should be nicer to me. I've got cancer, you know, or I had cancer. So my stepmom would just retaliate and be like, no, you had cancer. So your window for using that card is very, very narrow. So again, very dark humor, but 
you have to laugh about it. So the day I got the biopsy results, I remember the day. Uh, my, um, like I said, my brother and sister-in-law had come out to visit me as well. My um, stepmom and dad had gone home at that point. Because, I mean, there's at some point there's way too much family and they're kind of switching off. So my brother and my sister-in-law were at my mom's with the kids to give me a time to sleep in and that. So I was sleeping in and I know the phone rang and I was like, oh, I should pick it up. And at this point, your phone is always by your side because you're constantly getting calls from doctors and appointments and everything. So every time the phone rings, you're like looking at it and what's going to be next. And when they call, it's always from an unknown or private number. So half the time you pick it up, you want a trip somewhere. Usually I'm like a Hilton member or uh, the law is after me because I've broken some kind of social insurance thing or it's an appointment from the doctor. So I'd heard the phone ring and I vaguely kind of was like, oh, I should pick that up. And when I woke up, it wasn't that much later, I listened to the messages and my surgeon left the message on the phone and it was, uh, we got your results back. It is stage three and you're going to have to do chemo, but I'm hoping to call you later and we'll talk about it. And it was just, that's how it was. And I remember listening to the message and my heart dropped because at this point I was really, really hoping because everything had gone so well that it was nothing. And I, I wouldn't have to go through chemo. I mean, I, I felt awesome. I was healing so fast. And I so I, I, I didn't want to wait for her to be call me later whenever she had a chance. So I picked up the phone kind of right away and, and called. And I was lucky enough that the nurse was like, yeah, I'll, she's free. I'll put you right through. So she's like, oh, did you get my message in that? And being a surgeon, I mean, she's very matter of fact. She doesn't have a lot of bedside manner, but I'd rather have someone with no bedside manner who is determined and knows what she's doing than the whole warm, fuzzy feeling. So I was kind of like, yeah. And she's like, okay, well, she's like, so we took out uh, 33 lymph nodes, either 31 or 33, I can't remember, but in the 30s. And we detected that there were three lymph nodes that were affected out of the ones we took out. So that means that it is stage three and that you have to go for chemo. And I was kind of like, uh, like I just, she's like, do you have any questions? And it's kind of like, again, do you have any questions? And you just get hit bombarded. And at that time you're like, questions, questions. And I'm like, well, what does it mean? Like, what's the difference between one lymph node and three lymph nodes and a hundred lymph nodes that are affected? And she's like, well, as soon as it's one lymph node affected, it means that it's stage three and it's chemo. But she's like, but we are confident we got it all. And she's like, and the chemo is what's called adjunctive therapy. And she's like, think of it as the chemo is going to go through and mop up any microscopic cells in your body that are not detected by any technology that we have. But we are confident we got it all. So I'm trying to hang on to the, we're confident we got it all but you will have to go through chemo. So they will be calling you. They're very backed up because of the pandemic and this fourth wave's coming. So everything is very backed up. So they could be a month before they call you. And I was just like, a month? 
a month of me sitting here waiting, knowing, and then they'll call me. And I, I got off the phone and the first thing I did was I called my mom. I called my husband actually first and he was, I left him a message and I called my mom and she dropped everything and came over and I just remember just sobbing and I was like, mom, like, what does this mean? Like, this is stage three now. This is chemo. Like, this is like huge. And she was like, yeah, it is. And I, I don't know, but we'll figure it out. And my husband called back and again, same thing. He's like, I will take the rest of the day off. I can come home right now. And I'm just numb. And I'm thinking, I thank goodness that my kids are being taken care of because I don't know if I could have kept a brave face. I don't know if my son were to ask me what's wrong, if I could have said anything at that point. I needed time to kind of compose myself and think and and be numb. And with my husband come up with a plan. What are we going to tell the kids? Like, this is, this is big. So it was that numb and shock and all these emotions and just sobbing and being like, again, it was like being, when you get first diagnosed, I want to live because this is now another step. And now all of a sudden this meant that it wasn't just a surgery that I could say, hey, I got surgery, move on. This was chemo. Like this could be a long haul. And I don't, at that point, I didn't know much about chemo. Like I'm in my thirties. It's not something I thought about. Uh, when you think of a chemo patient, you think of, you know, no hair, skinny, really, really sick. You think of this long, long journey. And that's all I could think about because that's all I could associate with. That's all I knew. So that's, it was, it was traumatic. It was, it was everything. And the first thing, you know, is all I have is stage three. So you get the chance. And again, here's that nasty internet you're on and you just want to know stage three. And I mean, the survival rates are there. And when you look up stage zero, one, two, three, and four, they always say if caught early, colon cancer is a great survival rate. If caught early, that's the big thing. Well, stage three and four are different. And I mean, stage three still has a survival rate, but it's in the 70s. I'm not going to lie. It is in the 70s. And I mean, at school, getting a 70% on the test was decent. It was okay. Like I was happy if I got like a 70 something. But now this is not like a test. This is like my life. And this is survival rate. And it's a five year out survival rate. And some of them were 10 years out, but most of it's five years out. So there is not much for a 20, 30, 40 year after that. So I'm looking at the next five years, knowing that I have a 70% chance of surviving. And when it's your life you're talking about, 70 is just not good. And then when he gets to stage four, all of a sudden that number drops to the 40s. So less than 50%. And stage three and stage four just seems like this very, very fine line, right? Because if I have it in my lymph nodes, right? Does that mean that it could spread those microscopic cells that cannot be detected? And the next thing you know, like it comes back and it's stage four and then it's aggressive. And then that's like in the 40%. And so this is scary. I, I have never been more scared in my life looking at this. 
these these percentages and people tell you well don't look at it it doesn't don't look at it it doesn't mean anything this is your journey this is you but i mean this is a they have the percentages for a reason right like this is what the doctors go off of it's not like it's random they literally have them for a reason like it's a large number of people and they take the percentages so it's it's not great news and that's kind of all I knew. And I just wanted to reach out and be angry at someone. And be, my father-in-law, being that he just passed away too, I was just got mad. And I was mad. And I was mad at him. And he was probably the easiest person to be mad at because he wasn't there. And I just remember being like, you are my, the best friend to my children right now. You, and you've left them with me that who knows if I'm going to make it. Cause at this point I'm like, I don't know. And five years, I'm like, my, do you think five years? Like my daughter would be eight. My son would be 11. Like that's still young. And I was just, and I'm mad at him. And I'm like, and you, you're making me go through this. You're putting your son through this, like my husband, who is also scared and doesn't know. And he was just the easiest person to get mad at. Because I didn't want to be mad at my husband. He was, I looked at my husband and I felt for him. He was exhausted. He did not know what to do. He was scared. He just lost his dad and he's trying to navigate that. He's trying to navigate all of this for our kids. And then be a strength to me and he's got his whole deal that he's going through and I'm trying to be a strength for him but then I've got all this going on and I didn't know if I could be so it was just mad I was mad 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 at my father-in-law for just abandoning us I felt like that's what it was I felt like he made he did something stupid that could have been prevented and he abandoned us and that's kind of how I felt at that time. So the shock kind of wears off and you kind of get numb. And it's not like I, we didn't tell our kids right away because like, they, they're young. And I wasn't going to be like, guess what I have to do? Because we didn't have all the information. And it, like, it could have been a month before they reached out to me of what to do. But uh, it wasn't a month, actually. They reached out to me within like two days. It was really fast. And I was kind of shocked when they called. And I was like, oh, okay, yes. So I, I lucked out there, I guess. I don't know if it's my age or what. Because I, I don't know. But they reached out right away. Um, having my brother and my sister-in-law there was amazing. Because they were just able to be there with my kids. So I could kind of process this and kind of figure out those next steps and the next steps really meant something with with my job too um so now that this has come out this really changed how teaching would look in September for me I had to let my school division know I I had let a few teaching people know at this point but all of a sudden this meant this wasn't just my little battle on my own with a few close friends and family knowing this 
is something bigger because this means I wouldn't be able to work. And the school division I work for is quite small, which means that if I say something, word's going to get out. This means that if people, you know, talk to me and say, hey, how's teaching going? Or, you know, we noticed your job poster, stuff like this, it was going to get out. So now I really had to think, oh my gosh, like, I'm now going to be telling people what I'm going through. And I don't know how to tell them. I don't want to be the one to reach out and be like, uh, so just so you know, I'm going to go through chemo and I've got cancer. That's what I did this summer. So it was kind of tough and I wasn't sure how to do that. And so there's a lot on my plate. I also wanted to help plan for my father-in-law's funeral and things like that. So between now and actually hearing from the Tom Baker Cancer Clinic for my chemo, and it, like I said, it was only a couple days from hearing from them. But even until my first actual chemo session, this is where I had some really, really, really dark days. So just down that dark rabbit hole and just like feeling sorry for myself, pity, all the rest, and taking, it took a lot of strength to try to pull out of that. So that's kind of where I'm going to leave off and onwards and upwards. <laughs>